Well, now that you're headed back to work, are you ready for the new world of work? We'll talk about 13 ways the world's going to look different and what you can do to prep for that world. Kristen Wong from the Financial Diet joins us. Today's May 15th, and this is Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast, coming to you live from my mom's half-finished basement outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacky Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salcihai. And I am Kristen Wong, coming to you from Pasadena, California. That sounds so warm right now, where it's like 42 degrees, and believe it or not, is in it? spring. Oh, it's horrible. This is, this is the podcast where we cover recent stories ripped from the financial press, and today we're tackling one that comes to us from CNBC. Not only do we read them like some podcasts, but we're going to dive into how they affect your wallet, what you can do to invest, save, and pay down debt more effectively. And if that's not enough, we'll share a big idea at the end of today's show you can take with you to be better with money the rest of your day and all in right around 20 minutes. Today's show brought to you by Tiller Money. Your financial life and Google Sheets or Excel spreadsheets automatically updated every day. It's the most flexible way to track your money in one place. For a free trial, head to tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. That's tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. And if you like it, you'll also get a 10% off uh, offer uh, if you use our code. So big thanks to the people at Tiller. And big thanks to the person coming back for one more episode, like a victory lap. It's Kristen Aww. Wong. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm very sad that this is coming to the end because A, we finally got your audio good. <laughs> and then B, B, these have been a ton of fun, our conversations, and we've got a good one to finish this off with. Yes, yeah, been so great talking to you. It always is. And you're right. I finally got my stuff together, but you know what? At least I pulled through at the end. <laughs> better better late than never. Well, let's, than never. let's uh, talk about how the world of work is going to change and see which one of our friends is kicking off today's show for us. This is Lacey from the Military Money Show. The money talking party starts right now. It's time for Money with Friends. All right. Today's piece comes to us from CNBC's Make It blog. Uh, it's 13 ways the coronavirus pandemic could forever change the way we work. Written by Courtney Connolly, Abigail Hess, and Jennifer Liu. Uh, Kristen, you want to do the honors? Sure. In only a few months, the coronavirus pandemic has upended the daily lives of people around the world. For Americans, the economic impact of the virus has led to a new categorizations to new categorizations of essential workers, a large-scale move to remote work and skyrocketing unemployment that is expected to continue increasing. With more than 30 million people filing for unemployment in the past 6 weeks, the US is predicted to experience a coronavirus-induced recession through 2021. And amid stay-at-home orders across the country, office workers have ditched their daily commutes to work from dining room tables, couches, and beds in their own homes. Many may find themselves in this situation for the long haul as businesses struggle to find a path forward while restrictions slowly lift. But what other changes will we see in the coming months and years? CNBC Make It spoke to futurists, employment experts, CEOs, designers, and more to find out how the pandemic could forever transform the way we work. Boy, I, I want to uh, cover as, as many of these as we, as we possibly can. Um, the first one that's on, that's on your list here, Kristen, is working in an office could become a status symbol. Do you think that that's going to be the future? I can 
see where they're coming from with that. Um, you know, it's it's kind of strange because I mean, I guess it just shows like what is kind of the essential work that people are doing and what are jobs that can like have some flexibility and you can work from anywhere. And I do kind of get the sense I live in a little bit of a lower income neighborhood and I've noticed a lot of my um, neighbors are kind of essential workers that go in and I sort of have this a uh, job where I can work from anywhere and I have my laptop and I'm on my front porch waving to them. And I do feel, I don't know where I'm getting it from, but I do feel this like sort of class divide in a way. Between you what and you them think? because you get to stay at home. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- you know, what's interesting is I do think it's, it's kind of separates haves and have nots because as I think about more people working from home and the fact that you can, if you, it, if you go into if you go into work because you're a high enough person up at work that that you have to be um, you know the person who's in charge of a lot of people so they need you at the office uh, that does become a status symbol. But on the other side, there's a different status symbol, which is if we're all working from home. I mean, I remember early in in my career, like having roommates. And trying to keep them quiet while I'm trying to do my work from home stuff. Like there's a different type of status symbol, AKA I have none, right? <laughs> like if I, seriously, if I, if, I, if, if, if I don't have any economic resources and I live in a studio apartment that I split with other people, I could tell my workers all day inadvertently that I don't really care about them because I can't control the noise behind me, which really isn't true at all. It might be tougher for me to keep mm-hmm. a job. Mm, yeah, that's true. That's an interesting one. I don't know. I mean, I suppose we'll see and find out. But I mean, I just think in general, maybe maybe the idea behind that point that they're making is that flexibility in and of itself becomes a status symbol, right? Like yeah. choices become a status symbol. I, I, I totally agree. Uh, second on here, most meetings could be replaced by email and, and IM. I, I kind of feel like with with things like Slack and Microsoft Teams, weren't we already headed that way? Yes, but you know what? I was I was reading about some people's experiences on Reddit about this, and they were saying that they were having more meetings because they're working from home, and their bosses and employers know that they're there all the time, and they're before they would just be in the office and they would quickly ask each other a question in their cubicles. But now we're at home. So we need to have a whole meeting where we zoom in to each other and like have this conversation. So I don't know. In some ways, I feel like you're right. It's you know, I don't know if I agree with this because I think you're right. This was already kind of a thing. And in some ways, it's like it's give and take from both sides, probably. Right. Like you're probably doing it a little bit more, probably doing it a little bit less. I don't yes. know. Well, the one thing I think that I do agree with here, and if we're getting people ready to go back to work, I think the aha here is, is that if we're not good with these technology tools right now, and we're struggling with them. I think that's like a one thing to work on at home. Like if I'm not very comfortable with all these tech tools and working via, like, like how many times have you been on a damn zoom call and somebody hasn't figured out that you need to keep the mute button on. I'm hearing somebody's <laughs> I'm on some zoom call and I'm hearing somebody, you know, screaming in the background. I'm like, whoa, why why (laughs) um learning the etiquette 
Yeah. Um, I've had my cat jump up on screen for several Zoom calls, and it's always very embarrassing <laughs> and cute at the same time. Right. Well, some of those you can't you can't help, and they are fun. And I think we're, in this world of work, we're more used to that. But I do think that getting used to the etiquette of, and how many times, like like email, people that don't use Grammarly or any spell check at all, and, and I think it's going to become even more important to, to mm. be able to present yourself in electronic form instead of, you know... I mean, as an example, writing you are on a text <laughs> is one thing, but doing it in a company email is a whole different thing altogether. Right. We were kind of talking about this before the show started, but, you know, there is something that is lost when you are limited to communicating with another human being, even over video, right? Like you just don't have that human in-person element. And I know you were talking to a researcher about this. I was talking to a researcher about this for a story who was saying, like, it's going to force us to become more direct with each other about mm. our emotions, because it's hard for me. Like if I don't see your body language or like I have a little bit of lag in my video, I I might not get a, I might get a sense that like you're bored with what I'm saying or something. Yeah. So then I would have to directly communicate that and be like, Oh, I sense that you might be, I don't know. It's just very interesting how it, how this might even change the way that we communicate with each other. I think in it, general, I think it totally does. And you have to pick up a whole new set of cues that you weren't ready for before. It's funny. The researcher that I was, uh, uh, that you're referring to, I was actually on a Westwood one, um, uh, uh, call and it was all these experts talking about the future, the kind of stuff we're talking about today, but she mm -hmm. was talking about how we get this chemical from being face to face with somebody that you don't get over a zoom call like this, this, I feel good about myself and about my relationship with other people because we're in the same room. And she was saying that you can have all the zoom calls you want and you will never get that. You have to be in a room together. That's so fascinating. Yeah. I, I think it's true though. I really think it's true. Yeah. Having a face-to-face -face conversation at the end of the day. Don't get me wrong. I love talking to you here on Facebook, <laughs> but I think that face-to-face uh, -face is way more fun. Yeah. Well, you were saying that when at the end of the day, Cheryl will come down and you'll be like talking her ear off and you're like, I haven't <laughs> talked to anybody all day. I do the it's, same thing with my husband. And she's like, you've been talking to people all day. I'm like, yeah, but not face to face. It's totally <laughs> different. I've been talking to the computer. I know. I know. Uh, the, uh, uh, which brings up the next one. It says it could be the end of business travels. We know it. And that's why I think this one's not right. I think we still do need to, to seal that deal. The really important deal. We still need to get together face to face. I think conferences are going to come back for that reason. I think that, um, I mean, they might look different. I think air travel, they'll figure out another way, uh, to do mm -hmm. that where we feel safe. But, um, but, but I, I, I kind of disagree. I think business travel is, is still going to happen. I feel like people are probably going to crave those things maybe more than ever, right? We're going to want to go to conferences and like people miss, we used to kind of take those things for granted and now we're going to miss them. I mean, I'm curious how they, I'm sure they will look different, but I guess what you're saying is humans, if that's what they want, we will find a way to adapt. Yeah. Well, just no more shaking hands. Now we bump elbows or something. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> uh, a Bill, Bill hanging out with us while we make the show. By the way, if you want to hang out with us while we make the show, it's uh, Stacky Benjamin's stock. It's facebook.com forward slash Stacky Benjamin's. Bill says that face-to-face -face chemical is called halitosis. <laughs> I almost didn't get that out. It's, that's, that's very funny. I think the, um, uh, uh, yeah, that's what I don't like about, about face-to-face -face conferences. People that on day three, you're like, yeah, showering is a thing, dude. <laughs> conference conference <laughs> funk is not what I'm looking for here. Uh, Annette says uh, says uh, she fell in love with her husband on ICQ. 
back in that man icq that's oh going God. back I in that i remember icq wow my ice i think my icq username was grape <laughs> back in the day but that is true but annette i wonder didn't you when you finally met your husband face to face i'm sure there was something you felt something new and you felt something different from meeting him face to face yeah i think there's still a confirmation right i mean you're biased when you meet face to face but um but that's interesting. And I'm, and I'm wondering why two years, like who was the one that kept going? No, let's meet later. <laughs> I don't think we should meet now. Yeah. Uh, but that is, I mean, you can totally fall in love, you know, without being face to face, but I just wonder, I wish Annette was part of this conversation so we could ask her these questions in real time. Right. Uh, Mike says work zoom calls are very different if videos on or videos off much more comfortable when videos off. I can relax when videos off. I, I, I do agree with that. What I don't like about video on is when they are having a conversation that doesn't pertain to me and I have to hang in there and I don't want them to see my eyes move over here while I'm pulling up another, <laughs> another browser window to check the news or my email. I think, was it on zoom or Google hangouts? One of the things, if you browse out of the window, it tells them I heard. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> that is, that is, that is so bad. Uh, Dylan, really is. Dylan says business travel will continue, but people will be more conscientious if it's necessary versus assumed. Oh, that's a good point. I totally agree with that. Yeah. All right. Next up uh, is um, office buildings could become elaborate conference centers. I really, Kristen, think this is, this is the future. I think that, that a lot of people are going to, are going to work from home, but when the team has to get together face to face, it'll be a series of conference centers that people get together in, in the team. Ooh, that is really interesting. You know, my husband is going back to work um, this week and it's it's so they're having to do think of things like this, too. So I can totally see that happen because they're having to, like, figure out how to get people there while still practicing social distancing and this all these work around. So, yeah, I can totally see that happening. Yeah. What type of work does he do? He works at a prop house, so they rent like props to shows and commercials okay. and stuff. Yeah. Where he really has to go in. I mean, he's 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 got to be there. That's the thing is they tried to do a lot of his work remotely and it was just driving him nuts because it just it, his work line of work is just not set up for remote work. So I think some industries is just it, it's just not it seems like it could be right, but it's just not. I don't, I don't know if I can talk about Annette's answer. Uh, she, I saw that. she says there was nothing new except X rated. All right. We're going to stop there. We'll let. We'll let that one go. Uh, 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 what's funny is about this was on Stacking Benjamins, we had uh, Suzanne Lucas, the evil HR lady who writes for uh, Inc. on. And she was talking about how it all comes down to the Americans with Disabilities Act and about how um, we won't be going back to work because of the fact that 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 you companies can no longer prove that there's a and I know I've talked about this here before, but companies can no longer say you have to come in. Like the, the, that whole thing about, hey, people, people need to come into the office. And so we have to find a way for office buildings to be ready for every type of worker. Now the answer is, yes, you can work from home. And, and mm. we've already proven that you can get a lot done from home, which is why I think the conference center thing is the reason people will have office space. And there'll be a lot less of it than I would think. Uh, next yeah. up is mandatory on the job medical screenings could become the norm. I th is that short term until we get a until we get a vaccine? I mean, I would hope so. My mom's having to do that every day. She goes into the office. They have to uh, get tested for a fever. 
Um, and I, I would hope that it's only until a vaccine because that just seems so dystopian. Yeah, I know. Every day. It already seems scary ahead of time when we would do stories about how your credit, you know, your credit score, your employer can look at your credit score. Your employer looks at your social media accounts to see what you're up to, right? I mean, you're representing them. So more and more when you're out in the public, but now to have a medical screening on top of it, I mean, your, your employer might know when you're pregnant. I know it just feels like so ripe for an invasion of privacy. Yeah, I'm 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 not sure about that one. It does seem very dystopian. Uh coworkers could become even closer. Uh And why is this? It says there'll probably be fewer sad desk lunches. Uh workplace friendships flourish among colleagues who relied on each other during the pandemic and got to know another on a more personal level. I really do feel like that this is forging some friendships, Kristen, that people aren't going to forget. But I do feel like that's kind of a short-term thing, sadly. This is actually exactly the topic that I interviewed that researcher on who said that, no, he thinks that people are going to be like more disconnected than ever because of that chemical yeah. <laughs> that you mentioned that yeah. is not halitosis. <laughs> but... <laughs> um, but you know, but my editor, when she kind of talked to me about the story, it was like, but in some ways it could bring coworkers closer together because you are getting to see like behind the scenes of somebody's life. And then somehow that humanizes them to you. And I think, you know, there could perhaps be some truth to that. Uh, Dylan says that WebEx is, is the one he's calling him out. This says if you switch to another window and uh, Mike says that uh, business adoption cycle of technology always lags. How deep will this technology adoption go? Tools now baseline expectations. I think this is the key, Kristen, to going back to work. You have to be up on what technology they're using. It's going to be difficult to get a job if you're not comfortable with Slack or Microsoft Teams. I mean, they're not hard to use. Um, but using some of these tools and becoming conversant with these tools, I think is, is, is kind of like the, I was listening to a podcast about uh, restaurants today and they were talking about how good food is just the, the cost of admission, you know, like mm. it's, it's not about just having good food. It's about the whole the whole feeling back in the day when you used to go to restaurants, it was mm-hmm. the whole experience. And I think, I think technology, knowing technology is just the cost of admission. You can't say no, or you're, you're, it's too easy to go to somebody else. Yeah. it's a good way of putting it. Fashion ready face masks could become a <laughs> wardrobe staple. I feel like that's already happening. I got to tell you, I got a badass mask. Oh, do you have it close by? I don't. I wish I did, but my mom made it and it, and, and it, it is really cool. I like it. What is it? Describe it it to the viewers. It is. It it is a black mask with very colorful, um, almost if you think of very colorful, uh, like African art, you know, it, 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 it looks very, very, very colorful. It is vibrant. Yes. Yes. It is. It is really neat. I, I super like it. Yeah. I actually, I I do think they're right because I am getting in I'm starting to get self-conscious about how ugly my mask is are you really? <laughs> like I gotta get a good mask now your mask is a social symbol it uh, is standard nine to five office hours could become a thing of the past in our industry Kristen that was a thing of a past a long time ago that's true it's it's so funny because like a lot of the stuff is just like how we've been kind of living in our work lives forever um so I guess it's just that becoming more normal Dylan, Dylan says, I have a Vera Bradley Paisley mask. 
That's cute. Well, I'm jealous. Yes, Dylan. I I do not je- uh, I I do not have one. But but oh, you have one. Yes, he's saying I have one. No, no, no. <laughs> he was talking about my mask. Yes, I think you could pull that off, Joe. I think you could pull I, that off. I'm I, I've got mad uh, mad fashion skills. Uh, <laughs> Mike says, "Remember when Yahoo pulled back all their telecommuting employees? Do you remember this, Kristen? They they pulled them back into the office. Wasn't Marissa Mayer pulled them back in? Oh yeah, that's true. That was that was a while back. Um. Yeah. And I, I think that Mike is kind of onto something. I think what he's suggesting, maybe I'm reading too much into this is that somehow it's going to come full circle, right? Where we're going to realize the utility of having people in an office. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I totally agree. Next up home office stipends could become a common perk. So you get some extra money to outfit your office. I got to tell you this idea, you know, so uh, Bobby and I did a story last week, Kristen, about how art sales and not expensive art, but not that expensive art is really through the roof. And it, I personally think it's because we sit at home and we're like, you know, I used to use this office for two hours a week on a Saturday. Now I'm here all day. It had better look better. And now I think now people are going to start feeling the chair, you know, because mm-hmm. because working on your bed all day is not what it's cracked up to be. Like that was when I started, um, I would say it was maybe 18 months into working for myself at home that I went out and bought a kick-ass chair because my back was killing me. Yeah, that's like the first thing you got to get when you're working from home. But I think you're right. Like people seem to be you know, anecdotally at, um, the financial diet, a lot of the stories that seem to be resonating right now is, are those stories of like zhuzhing up your place and making your kind of your environment look really nice and, and aesthetically pleasing. So I think maybe that's true. Like people are kind of, people are appreciating their homes more and looking for ways to make it a little bit more comfortable. So I can see that. It's interesting that that may become a perk. I mean, that may become a differentiator. We talk about ubiquity uh, on yesterday's show being a differentiator between Mm -hmm. a company, good retirement plan and one with a bad one. One that gives you a bigger stipend to (laughs) to make your home office better might end up being a a complete perk of working someplace. Workplace could become more equitable for women, it says. It says the change in workplace structure could have a huge impact on women. They're more likely than men to adjust their careers for family. Um, and it can usually, as people know, according to Payscale, can cost women tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, a more flexible work culture could create more equity at home as both men and women are able to spend quality time with their families. I could see that. Um, I mean, that sounds great. Like, that, so they're basically saying that the like the motherhood penalty or the motherhood tax would be diminished a bit because there's more flexibility and. I mean, yeah, maybe I could, that seems to make logical sense. Maybe somebody stays on because they have the flexibility to stay at home, work hours that are different. You know, mm-hmm. I remember Cheryl and I with our twins, like she worked one set of hours because I had a flexible career. I could work another set. And so we were able to hand off the kids a lot. And in, in this new world, maybe we're maybe maybe that's happening. Uh, middle management positions could be cut forever. I don't need know that we need to talk about that too much. Uh, automation could be accelerated. Isn't it, isn't it already? I mean, I think a lot of these are pretty similar, right? Like it's just the adaption um, to technology, adopting new technologies and embracing it a little bit more. Yeah. And that, that very well may be our big takeaway, but I've, 
only going to foreshadow a little bit because I'm sure Kristen has something way, way, way better than that for her final takeaway on the show. Mm, let's <laughs> hope. But as we <laughs> wait for that drum roll to start, I want to tell everybody a little bit about Tiller Muddy. It's your financial life in Google Sheets or Excel spreadsheets automatically updated every day. I used to use apps on my phone to track my money and to budget, but now I use Tiller. And the reason is, is that it is as simple as I want. And that's because it's a spreadsheet. I'm not generally a spreadsheet guy. Uh, but when I found out that I could use Tiller to get rid of some of the annoying things that I don't like about apps where they go too in depth in a certain area, I can just put in what I want with Tiller or I can take out what I want. So whether you like a lot of data uh, parsed every way possible or you want it very quick, what happens is you find your template on Tiller. There are tons of them. You make it your own by modifying it. And it's really not difficult to do. And then every day you press the easy button by having all of your transactions download to kick the tires on it and see if it works for you head to tillerhq.com. And if you put forward slash MWF, not only will you get to test it out for a month, You'll also get 10% off if you decide that it is for you, 10% off your annual subscription. So that's tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. All right, Kristen, it's the moment of truth. What is the big idea here? The big idea here is this is sort of tangentially related um, to just the changing workforce, but I think so many people are losing their jobs and filing for unemployment. And I'm going to steal some personal finance advice that I've heard other experts give, which is to just sort of treat your work situation like it could change or go away at any minute. Like no job is really safe, right? So I think just preparing for the worst, um, whether it's a job loss or reduced hours or whatever that could be is a smart idea right now. Um, it goes back to what we were saying on the last episode, which is the more you can prepare for the future, the easier it will be when you get there, right? Like the more control you'll have over it. Yeah. I don't I, know. Is that what you think? No, I totally agree. I don't have a different takeaway because mine is just the rate of change continues when they talk about, you know, uh, robots and automation and things changing. That was already happening and maybe it will happen faster. But all that means to me is that if if you get comfortable with change, you know, you see these studies all the time, Kristen, where people say that they don't like change. I, I, I think that's not liking breathing. Because change is the one thing that's going to happen no matter what. So saying that oh. I don't like change is is a horrible place to be. I think you got to at least, maybe you don't like it, but at the very least become comfortable with the fact that we have to be ready for a future, whether we want to be or not. It's really well said. We don't know what it will, it will look like, but I think it just kind of the old adage of like hoping for the best and preparing for the worst. Yeah. I think it's a great place to leave it. What's coming up at the financial diet? Cause I know you guys are always working on some fun stuff over there. Got a lot of stuff related to this. Um, a lot of stuff related to how to manage your finances in the face of a impending recession. So uh, I wish I could leave on a like higher note than that. We've got a lot of positive, optimistic stuff too. But if we know that things are going to change and we know that we're going forward, I mean, that's what we want to prep for. So there we go. Exactly. Yeah. I, it, it, it's funny. I know exactly. that, I know that being a guy, I'm not the intended audience of the financial diet, but I have to tell you I'm there like three days a week. So, so take that financial diet. Well, then you are. 
target audience is anybody who will be there three days a week. <laughs> that, that is true. That is true. Good point. That's like our audience here. If you want to hang out with us, we don't care who you are. Right. All right. I'm Baffa Kristen. I'm Joe and uh, Bobby and I back tomorrow with more money with friends. Bye-bye. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2020. Ryan Sini and Nicole Thornhill from Pro Podcast Solutions engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be a part of the show. As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or other video or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.